0: everybody doing? It is Labor Day. As I uh, record this, I'm doing my labor. I'm doing my labor. Um, just wanted to get in some Q&A. It's been a while since I was able to talk to you guys and gals because I was away on vacation. Really legitimately getting away. When people say, oh, I, w- I was getting away. Well, you're not really getting away if you go to a super populated place with a lot of Wi-Fi and all that fun stuff. I was like, off the grid. I was up in uh, Tomales Bay in a place called Nick's Cove. It was awesome. And uh, still here in Northern California. I'm I'm in Southern California, but this was still, like, I wasn't, you know, in a small shanty town in Mexico, but, uh, you know, this place is so far off in the cut, deep in uh, Marin County, that uh, no real Wi-Fi, no cell phone connection and stuff, which was... Awesome, but it made it really difficult to do a podcast. Um, I guess I could have. I mean, realistically, I could have recorded one and then banked it, but what's the point? Why not enjoy my family while I have the chance? Right? Right? Am I right? Who's with me? Um, How's everybody doing? Good, I hope. Uh, Let's get right into it. Do some question and answer. Um, I'm going to get back into, you know, the guest-based podcasts I got a lot of positive feedback of the uh, dr drew podcast because it was my first real step into talking about covid 19 and um you know things went well at least I'm judging by the uh the response you know people seem to like it and because I like I don't have a take I don't have like a political feeling about covid 19 I just think this whole thing sucks and I want it to be over and I want businesses to be able to thrive again the ones that haven't already closed down for good which has been so depressing i want people to be healthy and safe and however to best do that i want that to happen you know so i i get i get a lot of benefit out of being genuinely um indifferent to partisan ideas uh i i do not care what party is saying what. I, I take all political ideas as they come. And um, I have some very conservative leanings. I have some extremely liberal leanings. Um, I, I, I love guns, but I love, uh, I love gays. So, you know, I, I'm not someone who can really say I, I, I identify with either party. Um, And I think that that helps me a little bit with the COVID stuff because there has been such a political injection to this um, pandemic. But uh, Dr. Drew is the man, and I know he gets a lot of heat for his, uh, I don't want to say denial of COVID-19 in the beginning, but his rather controversial take where he wasn't subscribing to the same fear porn that a lot of the media was. And uh, everybody freaked out on that. and. I I implore you to go back and listen to what he said and now put it against what we know now. And it turns out Dr. Drew, really not that far off. And all you people who say that it was irresponsible or that he's a hack or that he shouldn't have done that, try to be objective and look at it again. And all he's saying is that, yes, we should distance. Yes, we should wear masks. But it's not going to kill millions It's not going to be something that should shut down the country. Don't let the media scare you. And, uh, you know, in the first couple weeks of the lockdown, honestly, I was probably like, I don't know, Drew, it's pretty, it's pretty uh, dicey take, you know. But now, after we've had five months to really look at it, where we're not encouraged to wash our hands all the time and we're not encouraged to use hand sanitizer all the time, and we're recognizing that the death toll is much lower than we thought. I mean, there's a lot of factors to put in there, but I, I do think Drew was right. That I'm not. I'm not saying that this isn't something to take seriously, and this isn't something that we should shouldn't alter our behavior for. But um, this overall just in um, aggressive panic. Is it really necessary? My take's no, and I think that that was Drew's take from the beginning as well. And I just really... I'm honestly concerned that our reaction to the pandemic might end up being more damaging than the pandemic itself. Um, And I'm not trying to minimize people out there who have loved ones who have passed away or who have gotten very ill from COVID-19. Again, I'm not trying to... Paint this out to be something that's just not a, not an issue, or that it's a it's a completely uh, synthesized political idea. This is you know it's a real pandemic. It's a real virus that can be very harmful, and I I am sympathetic to that. But I'm also sympathetic to the fact that this dramatic reaction to it has been more than damaging to the economy, to small business owners, to mental health. And I just think that we should always factor everything in, not just look at it from a, hey, this is a virus, Let's what should we do medically? We should also think about, like, what are the ramifications to everyone's mental health, to everyone's ability to stay above water? And what is the long-term effect on children and, uh, you know, the social issues, Mental health issues. There's a lot to factor in. Um, But I'll I'll quit bloviating and get right down to it. All that fun stuff that we call question and answer. But first, let me tell you about something to keep your spirits up when it comes to COVID-19, when it comes to lockdowns. I'm talking about betting. It's dangerous. Yeah. Be careful. Always be responsible when you're betting. But man... It's a great way to stay invested in what's going on and to devote some time and energy into something that's purely fun. Takes your mind off of all the chaos in the world. I'm talking NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, hockey. It's all in full swing as well as the UFC, Bellator. There's a whole bunch of sports going on right now. Take full advantage. Get in on the action with hundreds of odds. Futures props, all this stuff you can bet on, and always, always, the online casino, it never closes, bizzach, like my legs when I was 19, <laughs> betonline.ag, go to betonline.ag today, sign up, receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit, and that's at betonline.ag, sign up today, betonline, your only sports book experts. It's weird how addiction works because um, gambling is, it can be horrible. I'm mean, not to talk about the dangers of gambling right after I do my ad for Bet Online, who have been amazing to me and and amazing to a lot of podcasts. Um, and so I'm not trying to encourage anybody to do anything. But it is weird how uh, addictions work out. Like I'm the worst drug addict and alcoholic. I'm the worst. I mean, I am. I can't control it. I uh, it's like poison to me. But I never. Never never had a thing for gambling. Like I just don't – I do it and I I was like, I'll have some fun with the shit. A couple bucks on the slots or something but you know, put put 20 bucks on the Dodgers or something. But I I never – it wasn't one of those things that like got me. It's so strange how um, sex certainly got me and drugs and alcohol but yet there's other things that are equally as enticing and and alluring to other addicts that just – kind of blow over and 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 vice versa i know a lot of guys who um bad gamblers that don't really care for booze <laughs> it's uh, it's just strange <coughs> all right from don't mind if i drew best band performance you've ever seen live and worst band you've seen live best band performance i've ever seen live uh tom petty for sure is up there uh mastodon uh is I'm I just like that that songwriting ability combined with that level of technical ability with the stage present, Oh Dillinger Escape plan for sure. Um, I know a lot of people aren't into that kind of like math metal like super technical stuff and it's not highly melodious. <laughs> so I get how most people aren't into that, but uh, I, I couldn't believe how the, 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 the commitment from Dillinger Escape plan to their stage performance and their their abilities. Um, let me think. Um, it's, uh, there's a lot, man. I, 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 saw a lot of shows. Uh, I had one of the, Oh, faith no more for sure. Um, Metallica at their, I've seen Metallica so many times, but like, and you could say, Oh, they sold out and they're, they're not real metal anymore, but fine. But when you go see Metallica play live, you're like, that's, that's professionals, man. That's, that's getting it done. And even – look, even bands, I'm not that fond of their music. I'm not going to – it's not that they're bad. It's just – it's not for me. It's not my It's not my gig. Sometimes I go and I see them and I'm like so impressed by their abilities, like the killers. The killers live, you're just like, well, okay, I get it, man. You guys are fucking pros. Um, the Foo Fighters. Um, so I've, I've been lucky. I've seen a lot of uh, great performances. Um, the worst ever – Red Hot Chili Peppers come to mind. I saw them at, I believe, Coachella, and I couldn't believe how not good they were, <laughs> considering how. And maybe they weren't bad. It was just I couldn't believe how poorly Anthony sings. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> and I'll give them credit. They didn't, they didn't phone it in, even for being big stars. Like, they were going at it. I just couldn't believe how not good it was. Um, that's the only one that comes to mind where, cause I try not to see crappy people. Um, but, uh, you know, at like, um, these festivals, you end up seeing stuff that you didn't necessarily intend to see. And, uh, that's one that came to mind where I was like, eh, what's, uh, what's the deal with that? Um, but enough, I, I don't want to talk shit. Um, from Jamie Richmond, Mikey. Do you believe that the creatine loading phase gives much more of a result as opposed to just taking five grams a day from day one? I don't. I don't think it gives much more. I don't think the loading phase is necessary. Um, I'm not here to say that I have like empirical evidence to say that it's not worth it. But in the long run, I do think that your your gains or your benefit from creatine will be just the same if you – and you don't get that overwhelming bloat that you do – with a loading phase, if you just go for to five, five or six grams right from the start and continue and take it every morning. I, I do every day. Every morning I take creatine regardless of what my goals are. There's so much ample and conclusive scientific proof to show that creatine is much more than just a performance enhancer. It's much more than just a like meathead thing to get buff. There's huge cognitive benefits. There's huge mental health benefits. There's huge um, – they, they've even shown that it can delay the onset of dementia um, so creatine is, is the thing, and it's great because it's vegan. It's, it, it, it's completely gluten-free. There's nothing about you, no matter who you are or what your makeup is, that means you can't take creatine. Uh, I highly recommend it. For supplements from Ryan McClure, what do you recommend? What do you think is producing the best quality? Uh, fish oil, whey protein, etc. cetera, thanks. Um, so right out of the gate, creatine. Go for it. Make sure you get CreaPure. C-R-E-A-P-U-R-E. Um, it's just – it's a company uh, – supplements, by and large, regardless of the, the label or the, the company that sells you the supplement. By and large, they all come from bulk manufacturers, OK? Uh, and there's a handful of them and e- every company buys from different ones. With creatine, there is lots of creatine coming from all over the world. There's a lot coming from China. There's a lot coming from uh, South America, from what I understand. But the German one is ma- manufactured by a company called CreaPure. Um, and a bunch of different supplement companies buy from CreaPure. And it has been proven to be the best as far as creatine monohydrate um, efficacy and reliability. Uh, get Look – on the label and make sure that the creatine is crea pure jaro makes a crea pure on it makes a crea pure creatine product it's super cheap it's reliable it's bankable you know you're not getting fillers you know you're not getting stuff that's cut with stuff or you're maybe even getting a lot of times sometimes you're getting a product that isn't even the product you intended to get and that's the problem with a lot of these manufacturers is that there's no kind of litmus test sometimes to the quality when you get these um either Bulk supplements that the supplement companies Then use or they get the pr- Proprietary blends you don't know What the hell is in there um, It's kind of like the wild west But with crea pure creatine you can You can uh, You can rest assured that you're getting the good stuff So I always say look out for that Whey protein dude just get a good I, I like a milk protein blend For everyday all day use so, you know, I, I like uh, Beverly International makes a really good product but called Ultimate Muscle Protein, but it's super expensive. So I, I wouldn't um, recommend it to everybody because it it's, like, insultingly expensive, I think. First Form. First Form. Um, but Form is spelled P-H-O-R-M. They make a great product They make a lot of great products And I'm using them exclusively right now And this is not an endorsement They don't pay me anything or anything um, It's just that I'm doing that Bobby Maximus program And uh, Bobby has been so good to me As far as like really taking the time To instruct me on everything uh, Guide me through it hand, You know like piece by piece And he got me turned on to this company First Form um, I I can't recommend their stuff enough and they make a a post-workout nutrition. This is what I was getting at as far as like a milk protein blend versus um, a, a whey protein isolate. Whey protein isolate is awesome and I do use it but that it should be pretty much used either right when you wake up or around workouts. It is rapidly digested, rapidly, sometimes to a fault. Like I said, right around a workout or right when you wake up in the morning when you're in a fasted state, it's great to get those amino acids flowing in your blood super quick. But you're going to get an insulin spike and it's and it's going to not make you full. It's going to keep get you kind of hungry again in a couple hours. So if you're using it for, as a part of your diet or as like a meal replacement, it's not necessarily great. Um, whereas something like um, they make a comp- – the first form makes level one, which is – a, a mix of different proteins that that kind of um, it's a slow it's a slow dissolve in the body it takes a long time to digest and so you're getting a a kind of balanced feed of amino acids um, with whey protein concentrate and and milk protein concentrate and some isolate in there. sometimes they mix egg in there so. Uh, BSN makes another Synthesis, I believe, is what BSN makes. It's a blend. There's a lot of blends out there. Just look for that, or or just get like a go to a, a protein factory. Um, True Protein is great. What Dante Trudel from DC Training, he does down south in San Diego. He has a great pr- company called True Protein, and you can essentially custom mix your protein to what you like. Your what flavor you like, what blend, um, and then they also got supplements and a bunch of. Uh, Additives you can put in You can make your own post-workout drink You know with like a a high um, Glycemic index carb And some creatine in there You know so true protein is another place I would recommend Um, And then As far as other supplements dude Honestly I don't think you should Any of you out there Regardless of what your Your goals are Regardless of your gender Regardless of your age You shouldn't be looking Oh my mic fell you shouldn't be looking to um, supplements to be a mainstay. It's 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 right there in the title. They supplement your diet. They don't take over for it. Um, get a good protein. I think a, a protein blend kind of touches more bases. is more of a, a a bang for your buck product. Get fish oil, vitamin D, and after that, everything else is just details. And oh, and creatine. So creatine, fish oil, vitamin D. And, and a quality protein supplement. Anybody who else who, who recommends more than that, I think is just trying to sell you something. Now, that being said, if you are someone who is trying to achieve excellence, or if you're someone who trains incredibly hard and incredibly frequently, yes, there are things that can make a, a bit of difference. Um, you know, amino acids, uh, uh, an essential amino acid supplement is fantastic, um, especially for if you're dieting. If you're dieting, an essential amino acid protein uh, supplement is fantastic because you can really bump up your level of essential amino acids, subsequently getting kind of higher protein levels without really very many calories, if any at all. Um, so they're, they're great for, for dieting. Um, there's some stress mitigating stuff that I think is really doing a lot of good work like, uh, like ashwagandha. Um, an Ayurvedic herb that definitely definitely helps with regulating cortisol and and the stress response hormones. Um, and uh, there's a great stress response um, supplement made by Matt Porter's company, who uh, God rest his soul, he passed away. MPA MPA supplements. M P is in Porter and A M P A cortisol very very good supplement not a like i said you don't rush out and get it just because but if you're if you're living on the fringes you're training non-stop or if you're preparing for like a bodybuilding show or something like that you're taking a lot of caffeine you maybe aren't sleeping as well as you'd like because you're super you're deprived you know low carbs it, it makes it hard to sleep this cortisol can be really really helpful for um you know, regulating the your cortisol and your other stress and kind of stress regulation. But this is again, these are all kind of last kind of ditch effort stuff. Um, the the other stuff I mentioned is more of an essential stuff. Like I said, the protein supplement, fish oil, vitamin D, creatine. After that, the the rest is just kind of like lifestyle. How does it fit your lifestyle? And most people it doesn't. But um if you're meditating and you're you're getting your exercise in and you're getting good sleep, you don't really have to worry about stress regulation. You know, they, like you're doing your part. But if you're training twice a day, doing cardio every day because you're a female fitness model or you're wor- an actor working on a set for 15 hours a day and you have to get your workouts in because you have shirtless scenes or something. You know what I'm saying? Like there, there are circumstances that come up in life where you would um, – you would have to alter your supplement intake a little bit. Um, so those are, those are good stuff. And then, uh, yeah, that's about it. I'll leave it at that. Thoughts on escalating density training? Also, uh, I live in Dunkirk, so just go ahead and don't worry about the uh, planes. I live right next to Santa Monica Airport, so... Thoughts on escalating density training. Also, is alcohol as detrimental to gains as we think? Escalating density is great. It is. It's it's fantastic. Just make sure that you are good enough at lifting weights before you go into – you don't want to engage in escalating density training if you are not someone who really knows how to lift weights properly because that's such a level of intensity, especially as you taper up. I guess you don't taper up. As you escalate up. Um, you're going to be training with such intensity and such frequency and, and engaging in complex lifts when you're fatigued. And so that's not something to do if you don't really have your form down. Um, that's my only caveat. Also, is alcohol as detrimental to gains as we think? Absolutely. Alcohol is poison. OK. And I, listen, I, I want to make it very clear. I'm not this guy who is in recovery who got clean and then is going to try to tell you not to drink or use drugs. I get it. You work hard all day it's nice to knock back a couple or to take a bong rip when you get home i'm not saying don't drink what i am saying is like let's not kid ourselves alcohol is poisonous to every goddamn cell in your body it is bad for you so if you're going to drink drink with that in mind a couple of beers uh on the weekends a glass of wine with dinner a couple glasses of wine with dinner you we're we're all good everything's all good but don't don't come at me with. I just don't understand why I don't have abs. I, I mean, yeah, I drink a six pack every night. Oh, I, I drink an eighteen pack a couple nights a week, but I just don't get it. Well, you're, you know, first off, most alcohol is very calorically dense and is not nutritionally dense. So you're getting a lot of extra calories that don't serve you much. Plus, alcohol itself is is detrimental to a lot of cellular function. Um, so it is definitely as harmful to your gains as is has been said, but. Within reason. Like I said, if you're drinking like a, a reasonable, responsible adult, you, you, it's fine. You, it can definitely be a part of your of your life. Um, just, just take it into account when it comes to calories and stuff like that and also don't drink too much and too frequently. Um, best upper trap exercises and how do you focus on back training while minimizing the use of your biceps to row? The best way I've found to build traps is deadlifting heavy. That's it. You can shrug all the live long day if you're if you're committed to deadlifting and rack deads. If you're let's say you have a lower back injury, you know, do a rack dead that's you know from right below your kneecaps to get that upper back. That I mean that and um, the Olympic lift variations, shrugs, um, power shrugs with like a, a, a snatch grip. Those are huge, man. Those are great. You can go real heavy um, and just, you know, snatch it up, shrug it up hard, powerfully, like you were about to snatch it, but just don't complete the snatch. Um, uh, let's see, like clean pulls. Those are great. Clean pulls from the ground with a lighter weight, obviously, than you would deadlift. But uh, those are going to be better than kind of isolation trap movements. In my opinion, in my experience, and then from the experience of people I've trained with. I just shrugs and – it's uh, sh- traps are like calves. They're really hard to just isolate with one thing, with one teeny movement where you can take everything out and not get like your delts involved. And calves are the same way. I can I, – I'm not gifted with good calves so I've always been kind of focused on – calf training and stuff like that and if you see every muay thai fighter or boxer has better calves than most bodybuilders and they've never done a calf raise in their life and what why is that it's because they spend a lot of time bouncing around on their toes same with ballerinas um so i'm not saying don't train calves what i am saying is that if you're jumping rope a lot if you're skipping rope if you're standing on your toes doing something some type of engaging your calves throughout a a a daily life activity that's going to be much more beneficial in the overall and then same with with traps i think if you're if you're deadlifting heavy or you know doing these olympic lift variations super heavy that's going to tax the the traps in the upper back a lot better than anything you where you could isolate it now with the lower cap lower traps those are a lot more important to isolate and for things like posture and for pulling your shoulders back and so you don't get that rounded over shoulder look that a lot of people get when they start lifting weights because they focus way more on their front delt and their their chest than and and neglect their back naturally because you you don't see it in the mirror and i get that but don't do that and if and when you're training your front delts when you're training your chest it's always good to do things like um like uh pulls um, like band pull-aparts, um, and I, I do cable pulls to my face. I can put up a uh, a demonstration video. Um, and band pull-aparts are great, and you can do those at home. Just get yourself a cheap band, um, like a like a uh flexible, you know, one of exercise band. You do band pull-aparts. I'll, I'll again, I'll pull up, put up a uh, awesome demonstration, and I'll make sure to wear a sweet outfit. Um, but those those are important um, to isolate uh, in con in in contrast to like your upper traps where I think you know getting those that big trap look that big yoked look is um, <clears throat> is gonna come much more from complex movements let's see here how do I oh yeah how do I the, also from lucky sevens how do I um, train my back without getting my biceps involved <sighs> I I just I don't know. I mean I think I think seal rows, which I put up a video. Go to my Instagram, at Mike Catherwood or at Mikey Likes You 1, the number one. I put up a, a video of the seal row, which is essentially a row, barbell row. But instead of doing it standing, you do it lying face down on a bench. Elevate the bench as best you can. Use small plates so you can get a full range of motion. I That takes out a lot of any momentum or any other kind of ancillary muscle that's been the best way for me to isolate it. And then I do things that naturally incorporate my biceps and I don't worry about it. You know, I do a lot of weighted chins. I do a lot of um, uh, reverse grip rows and stuff like that because I, I, I frankly don't see it as that big of a deal. As long as I'm making sure to hit my back hard, I see the, this, the supplemental bicep stuff is as, as a benefit. Um, and, and, and I, I don't, really train my biceps directly you know everyone's always like asking about the guns I I don't really do that much direct arm training every once in a while I do grip training for martial arts and stuff but I don't really train my arms directly I just rely on uh, close grip bench press for my triceps and and regular uh, any pushing movement and then a lot of chins and stuff like that for my biceps and it seems to work out you know um let's uh, switch over to my account I'm on Mikey likes you 1. I'm going to at Mike Catherwood to see if I have some other fine questions for you. Oh, it's hot. Fuck, it's hot. Um I'm very impressed by someone willing to push through their vices, fears or phobias. Let's see. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that compliment. Not really a question, but I'll take it. Um Let's see here. I'm eating 500 – this is from Ben8882. I'm eating 500-calorie surplus for four and a half weeks and haven't gained a pound, lifting heavy. Five-by-five five linear progression. More calories? Help me, Cinnamon Brad Pitt. Um, yeah, I mean that's a, that's going to be the short answer. I would also worry that your, your baseline calories where you were putting that 500-calorie surplus was actually too low, um, which obvi- – I mean I don't – I don't worry about it. That obviously is the answer. Um, so when you calculated your basal metabolic rate, either you didn't do it the long way, which is just measuring your cal- caloric intake for like three or four weeks and seeing if you didn't lose any weight, that, that's how you know. You do the average of the calories you ate and then you found your basal metabolic rate. Or you have to do a lot of these different equations. Lane Norton um, in his book, fat loss forever has the best breakdown on how to find your basal metabolic rate. So if you're really interested in dieting the right way and getting it done and like just getting all the hard work out of the way, all the stuff you don't want to do, but you know, you kind of got to do if you want to get the progress you want fat loss forever by Lane Norton, I recommend it. But in there, he, he talks about finding your basal metabolic rate. So therefore from that point, if you want to gain muscle, you add 500 calories. If you want to lose uh, fat, you decrease 300 to 500 calories. This guy, ben 882, probably set his basal metabolic rate too low to begin with And then by adding 500 calories, you're at where you actually need to be So what you need to do is, yeah, continue with everything you're doing Continue with the lifting, as long as you're getting progression in the, in the numbers continue, And then add, add 500 more calories um, Preferably from quality carbs and, and protein Sometimes though, and I don't want to get in the weeds here But sometimes some high quality fats can be all the difference too but if your if your protein numbers are at where they need to be, your protein's really high. Go ahead and and add in some uh, some cod liver oil. Um, the monos seem to work really good. The, the olive oil, avocado oil, or just avocado. Um, let's see. What's your favorite Disney movie? Is Coco Disney? I don't think I. think It's a Pixar movie. Um. Shit, I don't know what movies are Disney and what movies aren't, because I like a lot of animated movies. Coco's right up there, but uh shit. Disney movies. Um uh, No, it's not Little Mermaid for sure. It's not fucking Mulan. No, 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 no definitely know. Fuck you. Um, God damn. I guess all the movies I like, you know, that I watch with my kid are not Disney movies. They're more like Pixar. Oh, the original Tron. That's a classic Disney movie that I like. The original Tron with Jeff Bridges. Fuck yeah. That movie rips. All right. I'm going with that. Uh workout music suggestions always looking for new music for my spin classes. It's hard. I I have a lot of stuff that I listen to. I've recommended it before, I'll recommend it again, the Rocky 4 soundtrack. I know it sounds cheeseball and a lot of the music is very cheesy. But damn if it doesn't get you pumped. When I the tiger kicks in or there's no easy way out. You know, these songs, they're designed to have like a motivational message and the music is upbeat and powerful and, and it makes you feel stronger. Rocky 4, go for it. You'll feel like you're training in Siberia with Logs and Polly, the asshole who I never understood why Rocky continued to take him places. Like Polly's never been anything but a piece of shit. He beats Adrian in in Rocky 1. He talks shit on her all day about how she's terrible and rocky doesn't shouldn't be with a, a a a dirty bum like her he doesn't work he always needs to borrow money he's just a he's a he's a he's a pile he's a parasite but yet rocky's like, oh no I need him I need him with Russia. Ma- mama. Mom, mommy, mama, asks, "Why are you so handsome? Genetics. What are some simple things I can do to start working out again? I don't want to hurt myself because I haven't worked out since before I was pregnant with my son. That's almost nine years. Um, walking, get it going. And when I say walking, I mean like, oh, I'll decide to walk down to my car. I'll park far away. Get ten thousand steps in every day. Start it. Start committing to walking. Two, three times a day. Get twenty minutes in." Get it after your meals. There's there's evidence that that helps with postprandial insulin, um, and uh, and walking's great. It's a great, it's the most like physically appropriate thing human beings can do. Planks. Start working on planks. Body weight squats. These are things that are not going to hurt you, and you can get going. Get them going. Get in exercise. One of those bands. You can start doing um, a lot of exercises. You know, like. Um, Postural correction and uh, core work. And uh, it's great. You don't, you, I mean, you. I, I think when you get to a certain point, you definitely need to start looking into going to a gym and lifting heavy weights and doing it hard and like really getting into the weeds with it. But if you're just getting back into it after nine years, focus on diet, start walking, start doing planks and bodyweight squats, lunges, bodyweight lunges. Um, Uh, Push-ups from your knees And just monitor them Be consistent and progress Uh, How was training How was the training you did with Martin from Lean Gains It was awesome Martin Burkhan Big, big, big influence on me Big positive influence I've learned a lot from the guy I don't uh, regret any Time, energy, or money I spent on working with Martin Burkhan His book is The Lean Gains Method he has a podcast now. I recommend it. Um, his website is leangains.com. He's kind of the godfather of intermittent fasting, and he's just a super smart guy. And he, more than anything, he'll get you really brainwash you into getting rid of all this unnecessary shit that we all do. All the newfangled fad diets and fad workouts and, 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 Stuff that looks really fucking alluring on Instagram, but isn't really helping you. In fact, it's getting in the way. Simplify, minimize, get after it, work hard. Um, so, yeah, Martin's awesome. What's your typical eating routine and what kind of foods do you eat the most? Any go to foods? Typical eating for me is uh, super high protein. I walk it like I talk it. I I always tell everyone to bump that protein up to keep you hungry – I mean excuse me, keep you full, prevent hunger, um, to help with thermic effect of food um, and also obviously to flood your body with amino acids, quality amino acids so that you can build or retain muscle regardless of what you're looking to do. Um, I like bison a lot. That's probably my number one go-to. Eggs and egg whites, a mixture of the two. Uh, Because I have to monitor my calories, you know, to get 250, 260 grams of protein, I can't have ribeye and whole eggs all the time because getting that much protein from ribeye and whole eggs would put me way in a caloric surplus. So I do eat a lot of fish. I eat a lot of bison. I eat a lot of uh, eggs, egg whites mixed. Um, Around my workouts, I have hydrolyzed whey protein. Ch-ch-ch-ch. Greek yogurt, low fat or non fat Greek yogurt, some berries. Um, that's a that's a go to. My carbs almost all come from um, Ezekiel bread, sweet potato or potato, um, and uh, rice and oatmeal. Those are my those are my go tos. And then I, I do, I'm a big fruit eater. Um, I th- I, th- I think one of the kind of unforeseen downfalls of the keto movement is that people have gotten scared of fruit, which is insane. I, when I'm getting my leanest, I'm trying to get my leanest, I eat a ton of fruit. Citrus fruits are great. Uh, I, eat a, I eat a shit ton of apples. Um, and uh, my fat mostly comes from the eggs I eat and the, the, the bison and um, occasionally... Uh, a little olive oil, you know, on a salad or something like that. And, uh, and uh, my fish oil, my vitamin D, my creatine. And that's that. Hey, man. I love the podcast. I have a question regarding a distended gut. You mentioned doing vacuum poses for uh, – in episode four. I did powerlifting style training for a while and avoided core work. Now that I'm focusing on losing body fat, I'm noticing my midsection and obliques in particular – look a little like jake shields not as shredded and i'm looking for other advice or if it's even possible to change that thanks brother yeah obliques <clears throat> is a tough one because everyone wants that v taper and a really tight waist but there's two things at play here when it comes to your obliques the, you know the kind of the muscles on the side of your abs one is lifting really heavy without a weight belt will increase the size of those obliques certain types of training that people think is going to tighten the waist is actually doing the opposite. You know, I see people doing these like weighted side bends and stuff. And I'm like, dude, that you, you, I mean, you're, you're essentially creating hypertrophy for those muscles, making them grow bigger. So if you do make your obliques grow bigger, it's, you can't really make them go down until you, I, I guess if you lose muscle, that would be one way, but you, you're dealing with something that you've created. Um, another thing is some people just have really short torsos or wide hip bones. And that's, I hate to say it, but that's just that's genetics, and you're you're never gonna be, you know, the guy who has or gal who has like a really tight, um, teeny little waist. Um, if you have really high insertion hip bones and your your tor- torso is just kind of truncated, you know, you're not gonna have that look. That doesn't mean you can't do stuff about it. As far as like actual distended gut, which is common. Vacuum poses work. They are hard to do. They're kind of uncomfortable, but I do recommend them because even if you're not looking to tighten your waist, they do help you with like um what's that fucker called? That muscle in your helps you breathe your diaphragm. Diaphragm control. And that can help you. I and mean, it will. When you're digging breathing deep, you know, like deep, deep squats, you know, high rep squats, or if you're into a sport where you your conditioning is uh, an issue. Having strong, powerful diaphragm control is, is good. Um, so vacuum poses are awesome and they do work. Um, but a lot of it is just body fat loss because you're going to – even as you start to see like the four-pack develop in the front – the, the The back and the sides of your body right there in your midsection that weight stays on until you're fucking super lean. you can get really really lean and that body fat will still be there. That's one of the last body fats to come off, especially for guys women it tends to be a little lower and in in their booty and their thighs but guys you know the 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 spare tire is the last to go, and that's just genetic makeup okay like women. The body wants to keep body fat in certain parts of the body for survival purposes. Okay, um, for men it seems to be around the gut. For women, it's around reproductive organs, and I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, but you know, people always DM me or email me with these questions. Like, I- I've been losing a lot. Of- I've lost twenty five pounds. I look great. I'm getting a lot of definition in my arms and stuff. But my, I still have like. A, a little fupa, a little spare tire. That's not. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing you can do to kind of accelerate that work there. To the, to accelerate the body fat loss there. That's gonna come off last. Your face is gonna come off first. You know the really lean parts of your body, your calves and your 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 arms and stuff. You start to see real real progress pretty quickly if you stick with it in those areas. But um, the the upper thighs for women and like like you know above right below the belly button um between your genitals and your belly button that area it's it that's gonna be hard it takes forever and guys you don't get discouraged when you know you're starting to see like your chest develop or you're getting lean in your arms and you still have a spare tire that that dude that's life that's being human being that is that body fat wants to come off last you just gotta kick it into high gear you gotta stick with it um and your waist will be tighter when you lose that body fat. Make no mistake. Now, as far as like the protruding ab muscles where you see these guys that have like they're – sh- they're shredded but they have the big protruding belly. That does come from training. A lot of it comes from GH abuse, growth hormone abuse. Um, but you can do something about it. John Meadows has done a lot of writing and videos about it, uh, professional bodybuilder John Meadows. John Meadows. And uh, has done a lot of um, kind of personal research, and then a lot of put out a lot of information on how to tighten up that waist. So I, I definitely think you should look to him. Also, Artemis Dolgan—that's a real name, yes. Artemis Dolgan—he's kind of like an internet fitness guy, but the dude's legit as fuck. I mean, the, he, he he knows his shit, and he's very honest. He's very open about like when he's using steroids, when he's not. Uh, how he trains, how he doesn't train, what he eats, what he doesn't eat. He's not one of these guys that like throws up a a big line of bullshit, even though he kind of appears to be one of those guys. He definitely has like the fuckboy boy internet internet fitness guy look, but he's legit as all get out, and he's, he's actually can he actually can fight for a big buff dude. He can he you see him hitting pads and stuff like he can move. So a uh, big big props to Artemis Dolgan, but he actually wrote a little ebook. That for a while I believe was free, but I don't want to sell you something that's not true. But e- either way, he has an ebook. Um, just Google Artemis Dolgan waist tightening. Um, but he put out an ebook that I picked up. That's very very good, and it, it walks you through how to do vacuum poses, the different types of vacuum poses, uh, and a pr- training protocol to kind of tighten up the waist. So that's uh, another place I would I would look to. Uh, let's see here. If I get ripped like you, will ladies in Los Angeles be loving on me? And how do I get ripped? Um, I think kind of a joke question, but I will answer it seriously because I think there is a serious answer there. No. If you get ripped and you're an asshole, ladies will not like you. You will get more attention initially from women and this goes for you ladies too. I can't speak to um, a, a lesbian lady but I know as a straight man that if a woman gets in an incredible – has an incredible body, I – we, we – us straight guys will definitely pay more attention to you but we won't like you any more or less and same goes for ladies. Being a handsome guy or being a really buff, shredded dude, it opens more doors. Let's not kid ourselves and, I, and same goes for ladies. More people are going to be initially interested in you, at least visually. But if you're not someone who's considerate, nice, thoughtful, smart, ambitious, all these, there's nothing you can do to make you more appealing to the opposite sex except for – be someone who's appealing to the opposite sex, and I know that sounds like a trite answer, but what I'm saying is, you could be as shredded as you want. If you're a fucking douchebag, there's no, there's no there's no amount of shreddedness that you might catch a couple more one night stands. You might, but as far as like being appealing, truly appealing to the opposite sex or to to the the the, the demographic that you're going after. You know, for for gay guys and lesbians, to, uh, as far as being appealing to your potential mates, being w- focusing on the physical is only really useful when you're like sixteen. When you're an adult, being appealing to the opposite sex, or or sorry to to your potential mates, it has a lot more to do with personality. Now again. You absolutely can open more doors for yourself By being attractive But It just opens the door Once that person walks through the door It's on that person to be To be appealing or not (laughs) And I don't want to make generalizations But what I found for me And for my friends Male friends Straight friends That I consider to be catches Like guys that women would want to settle down with. The most attractive thing outside of physical because that definitely is the first and foremost when it comes to straight guys. We – you have to be like attractive to us or it's – it's hard to even get the conversation started. But beyond that is self-reliance. Like I – I am so turned off by like the, oh, I'm just a little lady. I can't do that. I need – I need I, – I hate that princessy shit. I want a woman. I want a woman who fucking can handle her shit. That is so appealing to me. That's really one of the, my wife's ass was the first thing that drew me to her. Then after that, it was that she she doesn't need me for anything. She has grown to like to have my input to 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 rest upon me and look for support, but if I don't cook for my wife, she'll she'll figure out a way to eat. If I don't get her car fixed, if there's some she'll she's fine. She'll do it. She can. I don't. I hate the damsel in distress. The 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 nineteen fifties romantic comedy, it's like, oh, I do declare, I just need a gentleman caller to come and take care of me. It's like, fuck that. I I am I, I find that to be very unappealing. When a woman has complete control of herself, that is super appealing and super um attractive. Um and then also uh darker skin and, and a giant ass. That those are <laughs> that's what I look at. I'm not I'm not kicking you fairer skinned or, or like blonde girls out of bed by any stretch. Uh I'd still cut my toe off to have Kate Upton, but that's just not that's not my zone. I'm more of a like a ethnic or like a darker skin kind of brunette guy. Um But honestly – and then from what I've gathered from women, my wife and also other women that I trust and like I I look at them as like catches, is that um, insecurity in guys is really unattractive. I just said unattractive. Really unattractive. What do I mean by insecurity? We all are vulnerable. We all have insecurities. I'm insecure about a lot of things. But I'm not so insecure That I let it affect my behavior Meaning I If a guy Talks to my wife I'm not like, what the fuck You know, that kind of macho shit Women do not like that And if a woman is turned on by that there's They're, they're kind of I feel like there might be something up Now, I'm not saying Don't stick up for her That's a different story I'm talking about like the, the whole, like, you have a, a male coworker that went to lunch with you? What the fuck? I don't understand. Like, that kind of like, I feel insecure because there's uh, other things impeding on me. That is really a turn off. I feel. I don't want to speak for ladies. Obviously, confidence is a big one. Um, ambition, too. Like, I always. I, that's something I learned as I grew older is that um, there's the old thing. It's like women are just they're, – they're, they're gold diggers. They're looking for money and it's like I don't really think that's a case. It just happens to be that guys who make a lot of money have a lot of ambition because I think even if a guy is a struggling screenwriter or um, or a, a blue-collar guy that doesn't necessarily make a lot of money, if you, if you have ambition – If you're not just skating by with zero vision or belief in yourself, that's what women find unappealing. And it just so happens that guys that are broke oftentimes have that. Guys that are balling don't typically have that, you know? Because I don't think women find like a guy who inherited money who's a fucking spineless piece of shit. I don't think they find him very appealing. He might get a couple of extra dates because he's got a Bentley. And sure, he may land a, an actual gold digger, but by and large, I don't think women find that appealing. What is appealing is the power, and the and the and the and the and the, the self assuredness that comes with a guy who is able to go out in the world and make a lot of money in a capitalist country. So you know that's that's the kind of thing I think of, and I, I just want to circle back. I'm not saying, like, if, if someone's fucking with your lady, I totally am into the to. Uh, I, I, I don't want to encourage people not to be like a traditional what would be looked at as maybe even like a, 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 a toxic masculine guy because I I don't care if you think I'm toxic or overly macho. If someone's fucking with my wife, I'm going to – we're there's a problem and I'm going to handle said problem. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is like – if a guy makes more money than you, and so that you get upset when he's around your wife or your lady, or if a guy is handsomer than you and you're like, I don't know, you can't hang out with that guy, or what the fuck, you know, and the guy who's constantly like going through his wife's phone or his girlfriend's phone, that's the insecurity I'm talking about. That is no relationship to the, like when I, there was one time, I'm not the guy who typically goes down the rabbit hole of getting into Twitter fights. But one time, some guy was really shitting on my wife, in a in a grossly inappropriate way, and uh, I went I was like, "Dude, I'm, I'm gonna find you. I'm gonna fucking kill you. I'm gonna beat your ass. I'm not gonna literally kill you. I'm gonna beat you up." Fine, charge me with assault. Like, I I just I was so enraged by that idea, and people certain people definitely were like critical of me because I went I was like I don't I don't know this person I don't know where he is the only way I can get in touch with him is in a public forum because I can't send him a DM because at that time I don't know if it's changed but you couldn't DM people that you that didn't follow you didn't follow them and they didn't follow you and he wouldn't let me follow him I tried to follow the fucker he wouldn't he was spineless and I so I just started tweeting publicly I was like e- um either completely change your way and apologize publicly or you're dead I'm going to fucking find you I'm going to beat your ass and um, and I don't equate that to the same kind of like weird insecurity thing I know that was a really long winded answer for such a question because I'm pretty sure this guy who asked me can I will more girls like me if I'm ripped I think he's kind of fucking around but I do think it's an important thing to bring up is that like I do think it's important to try to build your body, to try to work on yourself physically, to be in good shape. Um, And I don't think it's something to be ashamed of if you do get to a point where you're proud of your body. I think there's a lot of psychological benefit to that. And you did that. No one can take that away from you. No one fucking helped you. If you get an amazing physique, that's one of the few things in life like we all kind of know you didn't inherit that from – from your parents, you didn't have someone uh, sponsor you and just give you know you you didn't have a sugar mama or a sugar daddy like you had to grind you had to fucking measure your food you had to diet you had to get in the gym hard and continually do it over and over again so like I think you should be very proud if you get a body that is rocking. But don't get confused into thinking that that makes you a better person or more appealing to other people because it doesn't in and of itself. It might make you feel a lot better about yourself and therefore more confident and therefore I think more people will like you. But having abs is really only good for looking in the mirror and telling yourself, "Hey, yeah, I did that." And that's not there's not that's not a small thing, but it's not it doesn't serve you in life. Anyway, this is a good place to stop. I love you. Thank you to everybody to bet online, to you the listener and to you who keeps coming back and also hopefully telling other people so that this podcast can grow and grow and grow and i can keep doing it um thank you again to bobby maximus even though i didn't talk to him today go to BobbyMaximus.com or at bobby maximus on instagram um and get in touch with the man who is walking me through his 12-week program from his book the maximus body it's been amazing it's been really fucking hard but it's been amazing and he's been giving me his time pro bono Um, and, uh, I really do appreciate it. I'm going to talk to him sometime this week and I will post it for you guys so that you guys can hear the check-in and get, glean some information from it and hopefully get some, uh, positive messages. And remember in this crazy mixed up world that makes you think that nobody cares. I do be good.